Welcome to the Living Out Podcast. I'm your host, Darren Steele. And the topics I talk about on the podcast include LGBTQ, social justice, personal growth, and how to use your difference to make a difference. Now, as a life coach, I call myself a personal leadership coach for gay men. And I want to share a situation that I had with one of my clients quite some time ago. And it was really interesting to me anyway, how we got to this point of awareness. And I'm calling this episode, we wait for nothing or we create something. And for me, I see something of almost a paradox in that. If you're waiting for nothing, then 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 what is the point of waiting? Because you're not waiting for anything. But how many of us actually sit around waiting, but we actually have a false expectation or a desire or a dream that something is going to happen? The problem is that we haven't done the work to make that thing happen. We haven't taken the action. We haven't been creative. We haven't taken creative steps to potentiate something to happen. And if we're waiting, there's a certain way of looking at um, how things are going to happen or not happen. But if we are waiting, that's our experience. We are waiting. So we wait for nothing or we create something. And it's really, really easy to wait. And in wait is hope. And if hope goes too long, that hope takes on a bitter taste. That hope starts to play out in our animal minds, our monkey minds, in a way that makes us start to think negative and get upset and think that we're bad people or something is wrong with us or something outside of us is causing this problem that we're dealing with. The way I see it is that there's no in-between. See, life is ephemeral. Everything is temporary. We only have this moment now. So if you're not consciously doing something that serves you, that, that makes you happy, that makes you fulfilled, that allows you to know you've done something that potentiates some form of improvement in your life, well, how does waiting serve you? Meaning, if you've taken actions one, two, three, and four, and you think, well, I'm done, now the universe is going to have to provide, I'm just going to sit back in my easy chair, pour myself a nice neat scotch, and, and slowly sip that. Just waiting. I'll wait. What's that? Did I hear a knock at the door? Was that the universe calling? Oh, no, that was just somebody walking down the hallway. You could be waiting an awful long time. Now, often this waiting shows up when people are challenged. Something isn't working out in their life. And from my own experience or from my client's experience, you know, we get really stuck. We get stuck in patterns of behavior because we think we're doing all the right steps. 
but we're maybe so stressed out in the moment by external circumstances and how that plays out in how we think that we find ourselves trapped. So the story of my problem, and I'm sure you can relate, and my gosh, I've been there a couple of times myself, is money. Huge amount of debt and the pressures, the stress that puts upon the mind. So this is a very big challenge for my client. And I was reading something yesterday by another coach, Rich Litvin, and he wrote, when challenging things happen, and they will, ask yourself, what's the opportunity here? Now, I asked my client something similar, I'd like to, to go deeper into what was going on with him around debt and money and what he thought about money. Because if we have debt, and I can speak from personal experience as well, we could have issues around the earning of money. Or we could have issues around what we feel we're worth or what we feel is valuable. We could certainly have issues about what we were taught to believe about money. And just sort of an off-the-cuff example. I grew up at a time when, you know, we weren't Protestant. I was brought up Catholic. But the Protestant work ethic was, you know, work hard and you'll get paid for your work. My mother would say, money doesn't go on, grow on trees. You have to work hard for your money. It's like, and, and sometimes there's truth to some of these things, but there are expectations around how we think about that. So getting back to just challenges in general, whether it be a debt load or something else that's going on in your life, dwelling on the problem means that's your only focus. So you actually go into a, a kind of a waiting mode, getting back to the title of this podcast, because you're, you're, you're stuck. You're just focused on the problem. You're not focused on the solutions. If you can observe, if you can witness, and observing and witnessing should be neutral, not judging yourself. It's like, oh, God, this problem, I'm such a bad person. When you can catch yourself and go, oh, I've just noticed that I get angry when this particular situation happens, or I notice that my heart starts racing, or my stomach goes into knots when this person says this thing to me. There's a trigger there. And you go, well, isn't that interesting? I wonder why that is. And thinking about that and just asking those questions, where did this come from? Why do I react this way? How do I feel? But neutral, observing like a scientist, and then writing down your insights. Because seeing what we do, thinking about how we behave, and then writing it out allows us to prepare for it happening again, but to potentially act in a different way. Now, I talked about this in the episode about toxic stress a little while ago. Playing the witness, noticing the behaviors, thinking about them, writing them down. So you're really breaking them down in writing using hand to paper and then doing an edit or a reframe. So you're like, hmm, okay, so if this thing happens again, how do I want to feel instead? What do I want to do instead? Or proactively, what do I need to set up so that 
if this happens, I'll notice it right away. Or if such external situations trigger what's been an old pattern of behavior, that won't happen again. So getting into the story of my client, we had a couple of sessions and we ended the first one with me asking him to think about his his biggest goals, or sorry, his absolute number one biggest goal. I wanted him to really focus in on just one goal. It's a very valuable exercise. If there was only one goal that you could work on, if for some reason the universe said or people around you said, you're only allowed to work on this one goal, you'd put all your attention and your energy into it. You'd find all kinds of creative solutions and actions that you could take. And it's quite possible by using that way of framing, you'd find the most important thing to you. And that most important thing would allow other things to happen in your life. So we got into the goal in the next session. But it didn't seem very clear to me. And I asked for some more questions. I asked more questions to help him explain to me what he meant by this goal. And it was lacking clarity. It was lacking power in the sense of, and don't get me wrong, you know, goal doesn't have to be necessarily powerful, but it has to communicate an intention and a desire that wasn't there. It was nebulous. There was no outcome. There was nothing that could be measured. It came down to a problem he has around money. So I asked him, what's what's wrong with money for you? And he said, well, I judge money for not being there. And he felt that he was doing things in the world and he was showing up and he was taking action, but he wasn't making any more money. And, and this isn't fair. We talked a little bit more and I realized he was actually anthropomorphizing money. He was giving money kind of human characteristics as if it was a thing. And he was giving away his own power. And I as I do, ask specific questions to the specific situation. And we were looking at ways in which he could reframe not only the experience, but how he sees money, its purpose in the world in general, its purpose for him in his life. And what he has done in the past when he's had money and what he does when he doesn't have money. Because all those things are clues. Like I was saying about being the witness to yourself. So as a coach, I'm trying to be a witness for the client. I'm asking these kinds of questions. And sometimes we're going into the emotions and sometimes it's just, you know, just give me a yes or no answer or give me an observation. So there were certainly a lot of expectations, which we've all had. Hey, I did a really good job at this thing. And this person didn't value me, or this person didn't buy my product, or this person didn't decide to hire me as their coach, or why did I get passed up for that job? Why didn't I get hired? Why didn't I get that raise? Why was I fired? I was doing such a good job. So coming back to my client, he said to me, for anything that's coming, I'm fighting it. I don't belong in this state of poverty. I chose not to work, even though I felt like I should be working. 
So this was the crux. This was the place of waiting and waiting for nothing. A choice was made not to work. A choice was made not to receive. And what a tough place to be in because we can convince ourselves of almost anything, right? If we tell ourselves, well, I'm waiting for this amazing opportunity to come in my life, which is what he was doing. He was waiting for that one big job, that one perfect opportunity. Well, there's no such thing, right? Any opportunity that shows up looking like perfect, well, let yourself be excited and jump up and down for a little while, but then then see over time how perfect it, it actually is. Now, that's not to be necessarily overly pessimistic about all opportunities in life, but there's always going to be something that's a challenge. And it's absolutely wonderful when opportunities show up that are so meaningful and overall give us much more of an empowered, uplifting, and meaningful experience. So I had to really challenge my client on this way of thinking, like that life is ephemeral and that everything is temporary. And I asked him, how does waiting serve you? How does waiting for this opportunity serve your life right now? And then I said something that made us both laugh. I said, you wait or you create, which is the title of the episode today, right? But we wait or we create. Waiting is just a waste of time. Now, just a little aside here. We all need rest. We all need to have entertainment. We all need to have a little bit of fun and take time off from our work endeavors, whether we be at a job or in a career or self-employed or creatives. Watching TV when you've had a long day and you just want to rest or reading a book curled up, a nice book of fiction in bed, is not waiting. You are actually creating the opportunity for rest. But when your entire mind is focused on this one opportunity, it's like you put in a job application and you're not looking at anything else. While you might be fortunate and get that opportunity, who's to say? So while this person was suffering in debt and mounting debt and debts getting ever worse, he felt like, you know, he was doing these horrible minimum wage jobs and they were really draining his energy and valid points. Nothing wrong with recognizing that it can feel awful when you have so much more talent and skill. And that was another clue. When I talk about witnessing, asking yourself these questions, not focusing in on the problems. The problem is, I hate these minimum wage jobs. I'm so much better than them. What are you noticing right now? So what do we went into that? I asked him, so what, what are your skills? What have you been trained in? What did you study at university or college? So you've got this skill and you've got that skill. Well, isn't it interesting? Have you ever pursued those skills outside of this dream opportunity you want? And he said, yes, that he had. And he'd been to several interviews 
But then he said no when he was offered the job because he was waiting for that big opportunity to come along. So remember what I said. We wait for nothing or we create. So in waiting, he's truly waiting for nothing because he can't guarantee the outcome of that fabulous opportunity that may or may not come someday. But in the meantime, how the heck does he support himself? If I tell you a little bit of my own story of reinvention, I think you'll see where my compassion comes from, from clients and anyone in these kinds of situations. You've probably heard some of my backstory, but just the more recent one is that sort of midway through my personal training career, I got more into nutrition. And that was something I studied when I was 19, 20 years old. I went to chef school and I've been cooking really well for myself for 25 plus years. And I realized I could add cooking into my personal training work. And then I moved into the actual coaching aspect how we think about how we take care of our bodies, what we put into our mouths, what fitness is, if you're going too hard at it, if you're using too many external expectations. did a lot of mindset work and personal growth work around the coaching aspect of wellness and well-being. And what helps a person thrive? And some of this coaching work, even though it was based in a a nutrition and health framework, dealt with the bigger picture. And then that is what led me into the coaching work that I'm doing now. And even that was a little bit of a bumpy ride because at first I didn't want to work just with gay men. So I called myself a queer coach. And then I went off and I did a um, personal productivity program. And I kept creating because I knew I couldn't wait. Because I knew I was transitioning out of one kind of coaching, personal training and nutrition coaching that was paying me. And I had tried to do some things in that niche that didn't pan out because they were too generic and because I really wasn't coming from what drives me, what I'm passionate about. And for me, that's absolutely important. I've witnessed this enough times in my life that I need to be so involved and interested and creative and expressive of what's most important to me. And isn't it funny that I resisted saying, I'm a living out leadership coach for gay men. Early last year, I was working with a coach and she was like, Darren, you know this stuff. (laughs) This is your life. Uh, You don't even have to convince me. As you're talking, you're telling me this stuff. You have all these awarenesses. Well, I had some work that I needed to do to get out of my own way, just like my client needed to do with respect to money issues. In some ways, I was waiting for something. I honestly, well, I shouldn't say I don't know. At the time, I didn't know that I was waiting. I was taking action. I was being creative. I was trying different things. I was making courses. I was coming up with, you know, uh, short ideas uh, that people could, you know, purchase. And I tried everything. 
but it wasn't connected to something that was really important. It wasn't connected to the most purely creative aspect of me. One of the things that really helped was this podcast, because instead of waiting, so early last year, I I came up with something that I was calling living out the best of who you are program. It didn't work out because I didn't really know what it was I was doing with that. But I was doing a lot of talking, a lot of writing, talking in videos and writing about what this meant. And then I decided to do this podcast. And I started to see that I was going somewhere in the podcast, even though it still wasn't quite clear. So instead of waiting, I kept going. And I was podcasting once a week. And I recognized that if I want to get to where I want to go faster, if I want to evolve in the message that I'm developing and creating and delivering, I needed to double my efforts. So then I went up to two times per week. Now, what I'm really happy to say is that that payoff is starting to show. More people are rating the podcast. More people are sending me by email a testimonial. The feedback I got, those of you that are listening that filled out the survey, thank you so much. First of all, I really appreciate you for taking the time. What you helped tell me was what I already knew, but I needed to be reminded of. It's so helpful in our lives to get this kind of feedback. If you feel like you're stuck, if you feel like you're waiting, ask yourself, what am I waiting for? Reach out. Ask someone for their feedback. Do they think you're waiting? Do they see you as someone who is being creative and taking action and getting what you want? If you feel like you're stuck, that means you're focusing on the problem. A problem is something that only exists in the past. Because we're usually always looking back at what didn't work. Or maybe we're coming right into the present moment. What isn't working? But everything that isn't working has passed. It's kind of a bit of a mind fuck there. All you can focus on is what can you learn from this situation right now, which opens up your mind to, hmm, what's the opposite of that? What's something that's a little to the right of that, so to speak, that I could try a little bit differently? It's so important when we are struggling with these kinds of issues. Now, for example, with money, And having big dreams, have the big dreams. My goodness, if I didn't have big dreams for my own life, I would not be doing this podcast. Because I have in my mind a vision of where I want things to go with living out and and what I want to create. And that's why I didn't wait any longer when I decided to launch my Living Out membership program. Because one of the things that showed up when I put out my survey was that more people want to have a discussion. And that's something that's been missing. Because you can work with me one-on-one as a coach, but sometimes people just want to ask a question. Sometimes people want to say, hey, that thing that you said on the podcast about forgiveness, I had an experience and I want to open the door to people to have that experience. 
This kind of a podcast is for change makers, for critical thinkers, for people who want to make a difference in the world, and for me to not wait on that change to happen. My creative action is saying, join in the discussion. Let's evolve how we all think so that we can figure out solutions to the problems we are facing as LGBTQ people, such as prejudice, such as a lack of equal rights, and how to have discussions with people to open up their minds and open up their hearts to realize that it's not that we deserve human rights. It's not a question. We're just as valuable, just as important as everyone else. I would challenge you not to wait for your rights. I would challenge you to also head over to my website at darrensteel.com slash membership and find out how you can become involved with living out and the benefits of coming in even at the critical thinker or change maker level on a monthly basis so that together we can work to make evolutionary change for the rights and freedoms of LGBTQ people and for the betterment, plain and simply, of humanity overall. Thank you for listening, and I'll speak with you next time.